0: Hello and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast. I'm Ashley Nickel with the Packer and PMG. And we have with us today Keith Slattery, CEO of Stonehill Produce. Keith, thanks so much for joining us today. No problem. I'm excited to have you here because I was actually talking with one one of your newer team members, Bobby Stokes, your director of retail sales. And he was telling me about the insightful market information that you guys provide on avocados called your Market Pulse. And I thought that just sounded like such a great example of, of how a supplier is, you know, creating a differentiator for themselves, you know, something to bring additional value to their customers. So let's let's start from the beginning. What is, what is the Market Pulse and, and what was the process of building that like for you guys?
1: Okay, well, you know, it started about two years ago. I don't know if you've seen it, um, the Market Pulse itself. Um, but we, it's a pretty in-depth analysis of you know, the avocado market um, from 360 degrees. Um, it started with, you know, um, I, I want to say about two years ago, I had a retail buyer who wanted to know everything there was to know about avocados. And so it really was a great discipline for me um, to sit down every week and look at, um, okay, what happened last week in the avocado market? What's going on right now? Um, what's happening with the growers? Um, what's going on with the packers? What elevation are they picking? Um, what's the crop, you know, uh, what's the crop size who has leverage. And so it really became, um, almost a a weekly routine of writing down as much information I can. And it forced me to really look at all different areas, you know, uh, and expand into areas I hadn't thought of looking at to see, okay, Hey, what else can I, you know, what else would add value to what we're doing? Um, so, and, I, and then I would text that retail buyer um, every week. And then, you know, I saw value in it. And I thought, you know, let me put this together. It was basically a word document and we grabbed a, you know, a select um, few retailers and we started sending it to them. And, you know, I had such positive feedback that I knew, hey, I've got something here that really can add value to a retailer's bottom line. Um, So we made a conscious decision to say, okay, um, we're going to commit to doing a bulletin that came in uh, that eventually became our market pulse. And it really aligned, you know, it was about the same time in 2018, I had put together a strategic plan. And our vision, um, Stonehill's vision um, in the plan, is really to be the premier knowledge leader of the Mexican avocado industry, and so you know it really fit with with what we were doing. Um, so that's how the market pulse, you know, came about.
0: Very neat. And tell me a little bit about kind of the the structure of how you guys put this together. I mean, how many folks do you have calling around? How many folks are they calling? You know, it sounds like there's there's a lot of
1: people involved here. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just everybody, you know, it's really a team effort. You know, um, my buyer, you know, he's, you know, kind of contributes what he's, what he hears out of Mexico. The sales guys are talking about what's happening at the spot buy market. You know, we use the you know, um, the house avocado board has some amazing tools, uh, for statistical numbers that we'll look at. Um, so it's, it's not just, there's probably about 20 hours a week that goes into, you know, creating this market pulse. Wow. And it's, and it's not just one person, it's a team, which is why I think it's so good. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Very cool. And like you said, from, from everything to, you know, the, the elevation, even the context of what's happening in, You know, even though you guys focus on Mexico, obviously what's happening in California and Peru and you know other markets plays into kind of the the overall outlook on things. What are some other just kind of like nuances of what's going on that you guys were able to to capture in this weekly rundown that you do? Well,
1: I think it's important to understand. You know, um, at a retail level, I mean, the avocados can be you know, they're either the number one or two, number two most profitable item, you know, in the produce department and in the Hispanic stores, um, you know, I've talked to one of the retailers who said it's the number one most um, profitable item in the entire store above meats. So if you have a retail buyer that's buying 50 different, you know, commodities, he doesn't have time, you know, to really get a good feel for exactly what's happening. So, um, so being able to understand when we're we're able to see some of those nuances, like, okay, this is, we're seeing this happening. There's a little bit of a disruption happen here, or, you know, we know that, okay, they're behind on the crop and, you know, we're looking at packouts and we see the packouts changing, you know, it it, it allows us to go to um, the buyers and say, Hey, okay, we see some promotional opportunities right now um, for the next three weeks, you know, there's a good opportunity to promote large sizes and really adds to their, you know, profitability and bottom line.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And you, you gave one example of it right there, but that's, that's the other thing that I was thinking about was, you know, practical applications of this. You just mentioned it, Hey, we know there's going to be more of this size of fruit coming up. So, you know, maybe change your spec or take advantage of this, or, you know, identifying some of those opportunities. What are some other things that that jumped to mind in terms of how folks have been able to, you know, adjust and buy smarter just based on, you know, having this information.
1: I think, um, you know, knowing, you know, we do focus on Mexico, you know, that's our specialty and 90 90- of what we do is import out of Mexico, but really understanding, you know, the different countries of origin, when they're gonna come in, are there delays at the port? Um, Is Mexico, what percentage of what Mexico is harvesting is actually being sent to the US? What's the national market doing? You know, is what kind of, you know, um, problems are, is California running into heat? You know, what what kind of effect is that gonna have on, you know, their harvest? Um, What kind of, you know, local grown, uh, Promotions are out there at retail on the West Coast. So um, I think all of that really, you know, kind of comes into play. Understanding, you know, and understanding leverage, that's a big thing, you know. Um, In Mexico, when growers have leverage over the Packers, you know, it affects the price. You know, when I got into the avocado deal 25 years ago, in a good market, the avocados would move a dollar and in a red hot market, they'd move maybe $2 in a day. I mean, you can see this, you can see now and you know, when that, when growers have leverage and they know it and they're able to bring that thing up $5 a day. And before you know it, it's up $20. And a lot of people can really get hurt. You know, you got guys that are locked into commitments at let's say a $25 market for, you know, the next two weeks. And that thing goes to, to 40 um they're losing 15 dollars a box on multiple loads that's that's not an easy thing to swallow so understanding you know and, and we're not 100 percent right but i think we've got a pretty good sense of what's going on and when we see changes you know even a half a day even you know um being a half a day ahead of anybody else can be the difference of you know thousands of dollars moving your fruit or securing fruit um, before anybody else. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, because it sounds like things can change very quickly. So if you're if you're not getting something weekly or even more frequently, you know, that it, it may be obsolete, you know, two weeks later or 10 days later or, you know, at longer intervals.
1: Yeah, no, the avocado thing, it changes very rapidly. So and that's why, you know, like the market pulse is so valuable to you know, um, a a retailer, because it's a really a a quick read, but it's really informative. And, and when that, you know, it builds, you know, with the Intel, it builds, you know, really reliability. um, And when a, you know, when a, when a buyer can rely on a supplier for good Intel, um, when all of a sudden, you know, we see things changing and we call up our buyers and say, hey, you know, jump on this you know this is what we're seeing you know um it can be the difference between you know really struggling and feeling like okay hey we dodged a bullet
0: mm-hmm. well that's I, I am glad you mentioned that too cuz i was thinking that this probably spurs a lot of conversations for you guys right whether it's the retailer reaching out and saying okay so i i read this what do you recommend like how do i get around this you know or like you said your folks reaching out proactively and saying hey, in case you haven't seen this already, this is coming up and and you might want to think about this or that, right?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest compliment that was given to us was um, a buyer called me up when he first got this and he said, you know, this is like the Wall Street Journal for avocados. And I was like, okay, I know we're doing something right. (laughs) Oh. Oh, yeah.
0: Very neat. Very cool. Well, what are, uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on with with the avocado market uh,
1: right now. Um, So we're finishing up the Mexican season. Uh, Mexico's season runs uh, July 1st through um, June June 30th. Um, And so we got basically two weeks left. This year's crop, you know, there's been some debate on, you know, the actual size of the crop. But we're as far as um, what's been harvested out of Mexico. We're ahead of where we were last year, yet behind in where we should be picking. So it tells us that this year's crop is a lot bigger than last year. We're still picking at the middle to high elevations. You know, the high elevations are usually the last last of the season, um, where right now where we should be and we're still at some of these you know kind of middle elevations even mid to high where this is the first time i think in 20 years of importing avocados that i really believe that a lot of these mexican growers are going to lose their crop to drop because they have nowhere to go we're dealing with three different um you know supply suppliers right now you have california you have peru and you have mexico um and you know, the demand for avocados, you know, it, it is a lot better. You know, it is higher than it was last year. I think pre-COVID we were probably running around 42 million pounds a week, I would say. Um, and we're closer to 50 to 52 million pounds a week this year. Um but if you take that, let's say 50 million pounds and California right now is supplying 10 and the California handlers will use those for their California local, you know, programs. Um, and then the Peru's come on board and you've got a lot of retailers that have switched over to Peru and Peru's about to hit the peak of their season. If demand's at 50 and you got California at 10, uh, Peru's going to be coming in with, you know, 16, to 18. So now all of a sudden, you know, you've got, 27 million pounds of a 50 million pound demand for the other two countries of origin what's left is really what's being given to mexico you know Mm -hmm. um so and what mexico's has to harvest to finish the crop is a lot more than what's needed in the u.s right now so those are the struggles that we're seeing you know, Mexico is trying to get as much fruit as they they can, but it's putting a lot of pressure on price. We've seen in the um, you know in the recent weeks the peso price, the field pricing in Mexico has come off, um, and you know um, there's a lot of softening. You know, prices at the border are a, a lot softer. Um, movement is you know steady, but with that much supply, it makes it difficult.
0: Mm-hmm. So in a perfect world, would more of that have been harvested earlier? Or is this just kind of the the timing of the crop this year?
1: No, I think um, in a perfect world, we would have seen a little more stability. We saw stability for six or seven months. um, in when we started last season, I mean, it it was a very stable, you know, market, you know, and we moved a lot of fruit through. Um, I think that there was a lot of confidence lost when um, the field prices in Mexico went up. And then all of a sudden we got that $15, $20 jump. Commitments were people started falling down on commitments. Um, and, you know, buyers have been this, through this before and retailers have been through it before where they started to lose confidence in, okay, yeah. Now, all of a sudden, we went from $25 to $40, $45. And then, you know, the growers pick as much as they can. And then next thing you know, we're on this roller coaster ride where it's back down at 30. Okay, hey, promote, promote. Maybe they'll promote. If they do, they're worried about, okay, if I promote, the price is going to go up, you know, and then we're going to get caught again. So that's some of the struggles that they've seen. So I think that's why this year, you know, Peru has been, you know, every year it's been – you know, a little better received. You know, the first year they came in, it wasn't, you know, well received. There's certain markets they still say, you know, no Peru, we're not taking it. We'll take California, we'll take Mexico, mm-hmm. but no Peru. But we've seen a lot, a lot of that change. And I think a lot of that is because of, you know, the psychological effect of this roller coaster ride where you can go, okay, how do I set my ads based off of, you know, I don't know what the market's going to be and I don't know if. You know, someone's going to fall down on a commitment with me versus, okay, I can look to California and promote locally and know that I can set a profit margin based off, let's say they want to make 30%, whatever that profit margin is. Um, okay, and now I can get a commitment with California or they can look at it in Peru. Peru's dying to come in. So, and Peru, you know, will come in if there's room for them. And so this year, you know, they came in and said, yeah, we'll give you a no problem. We'll come in and give you a, a month program, a three month program, you know, so some of these retailers have looked at it and said, okay, I'm going to lock in proof for a month or, or for three months. And I know my profitability and I'm just going to go with it. So we don't need Mexico right now. Mm-hmm.
0: And what sort of the, um, you know, ha- have you seen retailers adjust um, to be, like you said, maybe, you know, a, a little, a little less far out planning with their ads to kind of Account for some of that roller coaster, or how are you seeing folks kind of navigate that during the year?
1: Yeah, it's it's difficult, you know. Um, I think for so many years the avocado deal was a you know a program business where you could um, set those ads two weeks out, three weeks out, you know. But you know, um, any way you look at Mexico, it's a spot by play. Um, so unless the importer um, wants to put himself in the middle of You know, the commitment that he gets out of Mexico that he may or may not um, get um, in front of the retailer where he has to commit, um, you know, they look for those different outlets, you know. And I think that, you know, Colombia is on the radar. So that's part of what we look at. We look at, okay, are they a player now? You know, um, they're harvesting fruit and they're, you know, expanding their acreage um, five years from now would, do they have the opportunity to become a key player in the United States? They do. So it's, it's a matter of navigating through these, these markets and figuring out, you know, are these programs possible or, you know, um, is this commodity becoming more of a spot by commodity? You know, um, you know, every commodity is different, you know, um, you know, I think that, you know, with something like a strawberries, for example, I mean, it's very difficult to, you know, that's, it rains and all of a sudden everything goes out the window. So, you know, um, I think it's a matter of educating, you know, the end user, the buyers, the, whether it's a retailer food service or distributors or, you know, um, educating them on, on really how, you know, these markets work. I mean, it's very difficult to make commitments that far out. I got you. That makes a lot
0: of sense. So again, kind of the, uh, underscoring the need for for constant communication about what's going on because those those plans can change and change quickly it sounds like
1: absolutely yeah mm-hmm. absolutely Gotcha,
0: gotcha. awesome we'll, we'll keep anything we've uh, anything we've left out or anything else that you wanted to add before we go
1: i, I think that pretty much summed up but i was uh what i was thinking do you have any other questions for me
0: no, I, I think that I think that pretty much covers it. That's fascinating stuff. And it's it's so neat, I always think, to hear kind of the behind the scenes of of all the different factors that go into, you know, what the price is, what the availability is, what's going on, you know, in other markets around the world that's that's playing into that equation as well. So I, I really appreciate the the time and insight.
1: No, no problem. And hey, thanks for you know, thanks for the interview. And if anyone's interested in, you know, receiving our market pulse. Um, people will ask me, Hey, what do I need to do? Just call, call the office, um, tell them you're interested in it. You know, um, you know, give us a little bit of background on who you are and we'd be happy to share it with you.
0: Awesome. Very cool. We'll keep that'll, that'll wrap us up for today. We thank all our listeners for joining us and we'll see everybody next time on the tip of the iceberg podcast.